0: Come on, aren't you guys glad that you got to the house of the Lord today? Can we just show some honor to our worship team for leading us to the throne of heaven? Amen? Hey, Pastor Allen, I, I, told, I told everybody earlier, I think I tore my ACL in the early worship experience today, so you'll come visit me this week after surgery. Hallelujah. Hey, can we just show some honor to Pastor Allen? Listen, these guys, Ray, you can stay here. The worship right here is awesome let me take my hat off so we look like uh, these guys led worship we had a worship night thursday night that was absolutely incredible they had conference the weekend before they're here today it's just been a long week but man i'm telling you i'm so thankful for the energy and the juice that they brought today amen let's give god glory today church come on somebody hallelujah you guys can have a seat if you want to this is what happens when your daughter dresses you and picks your outfit out for you I feel like I am like the living model for Restore. For those of you with dad bods, this is what this stuff looks like on, okay? We're glad that you guys are here today. I I have the privilege of getting to make announcements today. Is that not awesome or what? So I hope I don't mess this up. If you're a first time guest and you're going, I wish we would have chosen that church down the street today, you're probably right. But no, no, we're glad that you guys are here In fact, the rest of the people that normally attend here would like to welcome you at this time and say thank you for joining us today. We are honored that you are here with us. We have some church swag that we would like to give to you. So meet me in the garage afterwards today and and we'd love to meet you and, and just load you up with some stuff. And for those of you that are watching us online, let's welcome our online audience today as well. Thank you guys for being with us. And um, honored to have you watching us from wherever you are, and um, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord today. Hey, listen, we're going to continue in a series today called "Give," um, and 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 it's going to. Well, I just want to. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give through this house called 1910, and we're going to talk more about that in just a few moments. And so. I, I will get to that later on in the message for the next four hours I, that I have with you. We're going to we're going to talk. <laughs> I did go a little long first service today. Some of you are like waiting in the evening. Went out of here. You know, you guys don't have a problem with waiting on your food. But if the preacher goes long, whoa, it is over. Right. So anyway, just kidding. Hey, I want to let you guys know we love the holiday season here at 1910 Thanksgiving. Just a couple of weeks away. Uh, we've already started making plans around our home and, 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 have already ordered some things that, well, we just don't want to cook. And so we're going to bless another business. Amen. And let them do it for us. And so, but we love this season and, and, and about for everything that it represents and there's something that takes place on our campus to kind of in the middle of of the thanksgiving celebration kind of ending that and launching into the christmas season we call it lighting of the trees and it'll take place on sunday night november the 27th that that sunday right after thanksgiving and so we we get to begin to to see how much of the holiday poundage we're beginning to put on and encourage one another. But here's the deal. I love lighting of the trees because it's, it, the, the campus comes alive for Christmas, the Jesus's birthday celebration. Amen. And so uh, we want to encourage you to make plans. Here, here's the deal. That will be, the, here's what I love about lighting of the trees. It'll be the first tamale of the season that I eat. I don't, I don't eat them at Thanksgiving, right? But I, I did, the lighting of the trees is kind of the kickoff for me with tamale season, okay? We throw in churros with that. We're going to have hot chocolate. And here's the deal. Santa will be here. I know him. I know him. And he will be here for you to get a family photo with. I know you're fired up about that. But more importantly, the place will be decorated. We'll light up the front lawn and sing the first songs of the season. And we're going to get loud this Christmas season. Is that okay? It's going to be merry and bright. Merry and bright. It's going to be a great time. And so we hope that you'll join us uh, November the 27th, that Sunday night for the lighting of the trees. It's a special night. It's kid carnival. We've got a petting zoo. I think there's a fire breathing dragon that will be here that night. It is going to be incredible. So snow, we're having snow too. We're going to have snow. Yeah. Yeah. We, We know somebody. So we're praying for snow. Amen. (laughs) It's going to be good. Hey, listen, uh, I I want us to just before we dive into our message today, also just uh, have a special time in which we honor special people that are in our room together today. But let's watch this video to kind of help us with that.
1: Dear service member, there is no other way to say it. You are the few and far between. I know you don't see it that way. You've been trained not to. You've learned to serve like you've learned to breathe. It's part of who you are now. But it's the few and far between who work to utter exhaustion and then get up and do it all over again for the good of those they don't know. And it's the few and far between who follow orders given and the ones that will certainly come who find the discipline to look beyond themselves into a future for those who aren't here yet. It's the few and far between who run toward danger, who help those who can't help back. Today, I want to honor you. Buy your lunch or coffee if I can. Stop and say thank you when I get a chance. Take the time to think about all who have made the ultimate sacrifice And pray continually for you and your family. It seems inadequate, even as I say it. But at the end of the day, you didn't sign up for the thanks, which is what makes you the few and far between. Thank you for your service.
0: At this time, as our house lights come up, I want to invite all of our veterans that have served our nation. If you're a veteran here with us today, would you please stand so that we can show you the honor and respect that you're worthy of? Come on, church. Stay standing for just a second.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I know that a video or a free breakfast at Denny's is not enough to adequately articulate to you men and women how grateful and thankful we are for your sacrifice and service, not just to these United States, but literally to mankind all around the world. Amen. And um, so whatever uniform that you have worn, some of you look like you still could squeeze back into that. And, No, Ray, you couldn't do that? Awesome. Ray, what branch was it for you? Army. Do we have any Navy people in the house today? Those guys don't tend to sit together. I know. Let's keep them separated. There'll be a big football game in a couple of weeks, right? Do we have any United States Marine Corps in the house? There you go. They just celebrated a birthday this last week as well. How about the United States Air Force? Hallelujah, right there. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Any Coast Guard members here today? Any Coast Guard? Right there, my man. Thank you so much, Tristan. How about Space Force? Anybody? No? Okay. Listen, we want to say thank you for what you've done. Here's here's the reality of it all. And and please hear my heart. Uh, This is not political. Okay? Please hear my heart. This is not. This is just from my heart and my spirit. But um, I know that our nation is not in the condition that we desire for it to be. It's broken, it's flawed. We have some very real issues, right? Uh, I mean, we, we saw some of that not just played out this last week through election things, but listen, there are just so many things that that you guys fought for, I know that, that probably brings you sadness and disheartens you a little bit. But I pray that that would not take away from um, the contribution you have made and how you have made these United States better. Um, Regardless of how we feel or think about what's happening in our nation, I talk to so many men and women from other countries around the world that still long for the freedoms, the liberties, the way of living that we still do experience here in the United States of America, and so I, I, I just know that uh, again, a video and in a, a day like November the 11th, it started out as our mist this day celebrating the end of World War One. At the 11th hour, on the 11th day of the 11th month, kind of signifying the end of that war, but it's taken on different shapes and forms and more significance over the years and federal holidays and what have you. Um, But I pray that, that every day would be a day in which we remember, right? Not just the one day on the calendar year and for some of us that maybe receive some time away from work or school, but I pray that every day, that we would show honor and gratitude. That's just the right thing to do. Isn't it the right thing to do? For people that that have made sacrifices on your behalf, it's just the right thing to do. So thank you, men and women, for all that you've done for us and uh, the way that you uh, have served. And I do think that we need to pray for our nation. Are you with me there? In fact, today, let's just grab a hand next to us if we can. And as a sign of unity, and guys, re, d- despite what color you voted or if you voted, despite how you feel about issues, listen, can we just pray for a move of God? That's what we need. We, we need the ultimate uniter to do what he can do. Amen. And so, Father, today, we, we, we ask for your hand to move across our land we need you, God. We need you. Lord, these men and women that we have celebrated in this moment today, they they, they fought valiantly. They served courageously. Some of them didn't have the option or choice, but yet they still put the uniform on and, or they did what was asked of them. Not necessarily thinking about how it would benefit them, but but God, they, they understood how it would benefit others. And God, I pray that in this moment, they would understand that their service was worth it. Despite what we see happening today, it was worth it. And God, we are praying for a move of your spirit across our land. We need you, Lord. It's not about more military power or the signing of documents. No, God, we need a move. We need revival. Your word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. God, that starts with us, the blood but the redeemed, your sons and daughters starts with us as the church. God, may we do those things that you call us to do so that we can usher in a move of your spirit. God, for those that have fought and served and sacrificed, Lord, I pray that in this moment that they would feel your delight over them. And they would know how much we value and appreciate their service. Holy Spirit, continue to move in this service today and have your way. We need a touch from you. We don't need to sing another song necessarily. We don't need another handshake or not necessarily either another message. We just need a touch from heaven. So that's what we're asking for today. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. You guys ready? You ready? Listen, I'm a hot, sweaty mess. And seriously, I think I tore something in my kneecap, but that's okay. It'll be all right. right? We are glad that you guys are here today. We launched last week into a series entitled Give, and we're going to continue in that series today. And And we are unashamed about this. This is just the spirit. This is the season in which there's a spirit of giving that is unlike the other 10 months on the calendar year. It it seems like these months of November, December, we are looking for ways to give things, right? Uh, 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 the, The Amazon delivery person is giving me a lot of things that I've paid for unknowingly, but he's just a gift giver. You're going to look for opportunities to give gifts. You're going to give parties. You're going to give cards. You're going to give well wishes. I've even given chest bumps today here in the house of the Lord. It's just the season of giving, right? And so we're on this journey to think about because we're such a giving people and we give to so many different groups of people in various ways. What would it look like to give something to God? What would it look like for us to, to, to give to one, let's just be honest, who's given us everything? Are you with me today? He's given us everything. How can you give back to someone who's given it all, right? So we're going to be challenging you over the next few weeks. And, and by the way, I love how generous this house is. You guys give in so many incredible ways. We've, we've already been gathering things from chicken broth to angel tree Christmas gifts. Many of you guys last week picked up a, a, a sheet of paper that, that encourages you to bring back some items that we're going to create some gift baskets and take to various organizations and city offices throughout our community and bless them. And we hope that you've been bringing those things. Continue to look at it. If you need one of those sheets, stop by Connections. But I just love the spirit of giving here at 1910 Church. It has been like that from day one for 16 years. It's been absolute joy to be a part of seeing radical generosity break out through this house. Now, why why, why would we talk about giving? And and, 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 and I know for some of you visiting right now for the first time, you're like, we really should have chosen another place to go today, right? They're, he's talking about money. Why is it that people get funny when you talk about money? They do, right? They get weird and start freaking out and they, we all start to cringe and our blood pressure rises and we get a grip on our wallets, do we not? Well, listen, I want you to understand I'm doing you a solid. I want to help you walk in freedom. And when we have the proper perspective of of our stuff and possessions and money, listen, I believe that it's going to release you to walk in freedom. And you're going to be looking for radical ways to give stuff away. Last week, I sent out an APB. I sent out an an alert like we do in in law enforcement of, of something that's going on that's criminal. God's people are not giving like they should. Statistics reveal that. And last week in this APB we sent out, we talked about an attitude that we should have in our giving. The scriptures say that we should be cheerful when we give. When's the last time a preacher heard people walk into the house of the Lord with their financial gift just being hilarious and giddy about it? No, oftentimes it's bemoaning and groaning that we hear. It's like, you know, there goes the new whatever. And now, Listen, I love that passage we looked at in the Greek when the scripture says to give cheerfully, the Greek word is hilaros and we get the word hilarious from it. What would it look like in the house of God if the people of God hilariously gave? If it was something that was just, we couldn't wait. For more opportunities to give, give chicken broth, no problema, you know? I mean, we just look, here's is great, sponsor children, great. Hey, fund the ministries, listen, so be it, let's go, right? That's what's great, that's the attitude we should have. And this attitude we have is taken none other from the one who modeled it for us. God himself, he was generous. He was sacrificial in his giving to us, right? He gave above and beyond. He gave everything. He gave his very, very best. We're talking about money. We're talking about giving because Jesus talked a lot about money. Most of his parables, most of his teachings were all about your stuff possessions. He talked more about it than heaven and hell combined. And here's the deal. We are called at 1910 to make disciples. And so we believe we're doing you a disservice whenever we don't share with you biblical principles when it comes to your finances and your money. Wow. I love the quote we looked at last week from Dr. Billy Graham. Dr. Billy Graham says, if we can just get this attitude towards money correct, what you see happen is a lot of the other issues in life you face will also be correct. But you've got to start there. Now listen, money is not evil. I did not win the Powerball this last week, right? Because you have to play it in order to win it, but I didn't do that either. But, 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 but money is not evil. And somehow we think, oh, that people that have got money, they're just... You know, they're horrible. No, God wants to bless people. When when you live the life that God calls you to live, you need to know that blessing is gonna come your way. Hey, one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Check this out. When when I do some things, check this out. When I trust in the Lord with all my heart, when I lean not on my own understanding, when I acknowledge him in in, in all my ways, he makes the path straight. He blesses. He brings favor. He makes the path. So now, he may not give you what you want, but he meets your needs. Come on, somebody. Has God been good to anybody in this house? He does that. People get funny, though, when you talk about money. I want us to understand that we are called to be disciples of Jesus. Jesus. And if he would spend a lot of effort, time, and energy preaching on something, it's probably good for us to do the same. Amen? Today, I want to encourage you to become a financial disciple. What is a financial disciple? A financial disciple is somebody who uses their resources for kingdom purposes. A person who's a financial disciple understands that what they have is 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 meant to be stewarded and, and managed and used for the blessing and the benefit of other people around them right so crazy to me how we we are so quick and so uh, good to just throw gifts at people who who maybe not necessarily need them or really, but it's just, I signed up for this thing at the office and I've got to participate or, or whatever, right? But yet when we think about the one who's given us everything and somehow giving back to him, we struggle with that. I read an article this, this week. It was called 14 Things You've Never Heard Said at Church. And I don't think these were ranked in order from one to 14, but number nine was this. 14 things of things you've never heard said at church. You've never heard this. I wish the preacher would talk more about money. (laughs) You will never hear that at church, right? You'll never hear that. Why is that? Well, we wanna be better than that. We wanna make disciples. We wanna walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. And whether we like to admit that or not, finances are a big deal. In fact, the Bible commands and is very explicit about our finances and giving back for kingdom work and kingdom purposes. Now, now, now listen, there, there are some implicit and explicit things in scripture. For instance, you're, you're not going to find explicitly thou shalt give to the 501 C3 known as 1910 church to blah, blah. You're not going to find that explicitly anywhere in scripture, but you will find time and time again, as you read the word of God, implicit commands for us to follow and be generous in giving. In fact, God wants us to give. He wants us to give cheerfully. That's the attitude we looked at and talked about last week. But you're not going to explicitly find, show me that scripture. It's implied throughout. J- just as you're not going to find an explicit scripture that says, hey, heroin and cocaine are bad for you, dude. But yet you're going to find scriptures that imply when you read things like drunkenness and having other things master and Lord over you, even money can do that. You're going to find that, hey, we probably ought to steer clear of those things because they're not helpful. They're hurtful to us. Are you with me there today? And so please understand that. I I made a statement last week. You probably have never heard a pastor ever make. Hey, quit tithing. That's a word that we, we don't like mentioned in this in this thing called the church, we also don't like the word submission, do we? Because we, we have such a distorted view about, I think, both of those words, right? And so I did make the statement, like, I just want you to quit tithing. I just want us to be a church that gives our very, very best to the Father, amen? And for some of us, that's more than 10%. Now, on average, we're given 3%. And so some of us aren't even tithing. I think, and we believe at 1910 that the tithe ought to be the starting point. But we ought to be looking for ways far and above that that we can bring our very best into the house of the Lord. So our attitude is cheerfully, willingly, sacrificially, generously, thankfully, I get to give. Well, the, 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 the P in this today, in this APB that I'm issuing is that today I want you to see that we have an incredible opportunity To partner with God. You see, when I give through this thing called 1910 Church, I am partnering with the God of creation. And he takes my gift, as small or as large as it may be, and by the way, it's not equal gifts, it's equal sacrifice, right? But as I faithfully and cheerfully, hilariously give, I am partnering with God to do things, whoo, that on my own, I'm not able to accomplish. And when there are other people that are part of this party with me, are you kidding me? The things that we're able to do are absolutely incredible. Can I tell you a hilarious thing we've done in the history of this church? This is, this is, this is, is a, a, I don't know if it's a good idea or bad idea, but it was an idea and we actually did it. But there was a time years ago, we were at Champion High School and we had a family Christmas worship experience called Jingle Jam. It was awesome. We threw snowballs at each other and we sang songs and things of that such. But at the end of the night, we had positioned over 400 bicycles out on the patio of Champion High School. And we told everybody in attendance that night, say, hey, listen, we want to thank you for joining us for this Christmas celebration. We pray blessing on you this holiday season. And your presence tonight is a gift to us. But as you leave here tonight, we have a gift for you. And uh, if you need the gift that you find on the patio, take it. It's yours. Merry Christmas. If you don't need the gift, but you know somebody had blessed, will not you take one of us? We gave over 400 bicycles away that year. We spent a lot of money, 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 but it was worth it to see kids have bikes. And it's funny because I would see them riding around the Christmas break and they still had the bow on it and said, ah, yeah, I know where that one's from, you know. The bigger blessing was that Walmart put them all together for us, and we didn't have to do that. We had two two semi tractor trailer rigs, double deckers, that delivered those. I'm gonna put my trucker hat on. Put my trucker hat on. They delivered those to the to the school. That I, it was absolutely. Why do we do things like that? Well, who knows why, What the return on investment's gonna be with that? I don't know. I just know that it made a difference in somebody's life. And I just think that we have a God in heaven that's a giver of good gifts. So this Christmas, we're giving parents new automobiles. And so we just... (laughs) Come on, yeah. Now you wake up when I'm talking about money. Yeah! What's in it for me? Sorry, dogs, but it's okay. But, uh, but, But yeah, the ROI. Can you really, really put an ROI on my giving to God. Can, can you really put a price tag or a value on that? See, I may bring 10% to the house today, or I might bring 15 or 20, and I might give above and beyond to help an organization in my community. Can you really, really put a value on that? What does God's word have to say about all this? Let's just look at there. Y'all okay with the Bible? Let me just read some scriptures today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure, whose treasure? wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wow. Wherever your treasure is, Jesus says, it's written in red in my Bible, the desires of your heart will also be. Guys, can I just tell you something about investing in the kingdom of God, investing through this thing called 1910 and the local church? When you invest in the kingdom of God, it aligns your heart with his heart. And check this out. When your heart is aligned with God's heart, and when you're doing those things that he calls us to do, check this out. There is blessing that comes your way. I've already shared with you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. When I do those things, God makes the way straight. He blesses, right? When I am in alignment with God's will for my life, there is blessing that comes my way. Where's your heart today? What are those desires of your heart? Do your heart's desires align with God's? Are you a part of kingdom working and kingdom investment? I love this passage in the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm gonna turn there. I love the Bible. I love to flip, turn. 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verse, what is it, six? 2 Corinthians nine, six. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop for the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So if I plant small, I get a small return, right? But if I'm generous with it, I get a generous return. That makes sense. Does it not make sense to you? That makes sense to me. And I've had a, a few head injuries you're well aware of, but, but if, if I, if I want more, the more I give, the more I plan, the more generous I am, the more generosity is returned. That's just a biblical principle. And, and I think some of us are just saying, man, why am I always in, in need? Why am I always, in? well, I would just encourage you. What does this verse speak to you? Well, what would the Holy Spirit say to you about your generosity? Are you sowing sparingly? My granddaddy was a farmer. And, 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 and he would go through great lengths to plant, plant, plant. It's important to plant, plant, plant. And he would spend days and weeks planting, planting, planting fields all over that area of Northeast, North Carolina. He would plant, 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 and he would miss time with us because he knew that if he didn't get it in the ground, there was not a potential for it to yield a return. And you need to understand that. C.S. Lewis, he knows some stuff. He said this about planting. He says, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give, but I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. That's huge. So it's not, that's why I say quit tithing because some of you can give more and need to do more than that. If you just want the minimal blessings of heaven, if you just want just a partial partiality, part of God, whatever I'm trying to say, if you just want a part of him, then then I want all of it. I want all of his presence. I want all that he has for me. I want his very best. And he wants to give the very best. But it's dependent upon what I'm going to do. What can I give to the king? Right? Sow sparingly. Reap sparingly. Plant generously. Woo! Your barns are going to overflow. I think it says something about that. People love to be around givers, don't They? Do you like to be around people that give? Come on. You like it when people give you stuff. Come on, quit lying. You're in church. I had somebody one time that came to the realization that, you know, I only hang out with people based on what they give and do for me. That's an improper attitude, but it speaks to, I believe, the attitude that we all have. We love it when people give. The Amazon delivery person is Someone in my home's favorite person, you know? The rest of us know that well, it's not for free, you know? So anyway, but we love to be around givers. People loved to be around Jesus. You know why? Hector, he was a giver. I mean, he, and he was constantly surrounded by people, was he not? Even as a little boy teaching in the temple, surrounded by religious people listening to him preach and teach. Throughout his lifetime in his ministry, he was surrounded by people. On a boat in the middle of a storm, there are people waiting. Hey, bro, come on, man. Sitting on the side of a mountain, teaching and preaching, and they get hungry. Oh, I got 5,000, then another 8,000, another. I mean, we got to feed people, but he's always surrounded by people. There were sick people that constantly gathered around Jesus. Why? Because he was a giver that there were people that, that had been outcast and rejected by others. Hey, there were people that were labeled in their culture as sinners, notorious sinners that spent time with him. Why? Because he was a giver. You see, all throughout Jesus's life and ministry, you find him giving words of encouragement, a healing touch, forgiveness of sins, mercy, and compassion, giving his time, ultimately giving his very life the ultimate gift when Jesus laid down his life. And so today I thought it would be good. How can we learn from Jesus? If, 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 if we're going to make disciples, if we're making financial disciples, if, if we're making disciples, period, followers of Jesus, what would it look like for us to have the same passion and the priority as Jesus when it came to to this area of giving. Are we okay so far? So I want to share with you real quick about 32 ways, that, just get three, three. The online audience is said, Oop, I'm out. I'm gonna watch Charles Stanley right now, Joel Osteen, right? <laughs> Let's catch them. I want to share with you that when you give through this thing called 1910, and by the way, let me just say this. I believe that the place in which you're planted and fed spiritually should be the first place of your giving. There are so many great causes and works around the world. I get it. I get it. But I believe that place where you're invested, spirit, whatever your spiritual home is, should get your first. Just as you have a home, a physical home, mine is 124 Noble Woods, I don't know, because maybe they'll send presents, I don't know, why did I? say. Oh my gosh, why did you say that? that's okay? It's all right, I'm okay. My dog will tear you up if you show up at my house. I'm no, just kidding. Just, just as you have a home in which there are needs that you take care of first, don't you? You're not thinking of other people first, you're gonna make sure that your basic needs for your family are met. I believe that this thing called the local church and where you're planted and invested should be the first place that you give for kingdom work. So when, I, when you give to 1910, you need to understand something. When you give through 1910, you're providing for God's house. Malachi chapter three, let's go Old Testament. I know that you don't like this verse, but it's in the Bible. And we can't just take out parts of the Bible we don't like. And we're gonna preach all of it. We believe it, 1910, all of it. Cover to cover, even the maps in the back, we believe it all, okay? And so we're gonna preach it. But in Proverbs chapter three, verse 10, it says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. So the, the storehouse is what? The temple, the church. Bring it there. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Guys, listen, we have a responsibility when we give, we provide for the house of God. And again, you probably expect a pastor to say this ought to be your first indication. But again, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find other scriptures where it would say neglect the place in which you're spiritually planted. Forget the ones that are investing in you and trying to push you and your family forward towards Christ-likeness. Hey, those, 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 that, 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 those teachers and leaders and those prophets and those people, hey, you should, actually scripture says there should be a double portion of honor that you return to them, right? So listen, it is important for us to understand that we give through this house. It provides for the needs of this house. Just as you have payments and things, you have utilities at your home, right? We do too. This is costing us some money right now. There's upkeep for this place, there are repairs. That chair that you're sitting in, somebody 10 years ago paid for you to sit where you're sitting today. They paid for your kids to have an environment that's painted fun and, and whatever, a place. for. But listen, there are repairs. There's upkeep, right? There are utilities for us. Hey, there's a staff here that work here that are trying to organize and plan and make disciples and push you forward in your pursuit of God. And, 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 and we have a responsibility to, to pay for, for, for the team that God has called here, right? You know, you have a mortgage at your house to pay for. You got to start with that, right? We don't have a mortgage here. This place is debt free. You know why? Because of the generosity and the faithfulness of God's people for the last 16 years. We don't owe anything here. We don't, right? And so, but there is a responsibility to give to God's house where I'm planted. Just as you work hard to provide for your family at your physical address and residence, so it is with the house of God. Now keep in mind, I'm not talking about equal gifts, but I'm talking about equal sacrifice. And there's something special that happens when all of us partner together to work together with heaven and with one another. He breathes on it and does far more than we could ever dream of or imagine. Are you with me so far? When I give through this thing called 1910 Church, I'm also connecting my money to the kingdom. I'm connecting my money to kingdom works. I love this passage in the book of Acts. We love to read the book of Acts. Holy Spirit fire. Tongues. Believers set ablaze and on fire. And we read in Acts chapter two about sermons being preached and miracles breaking out and people being healed and they're selling their stuff. And we're reminded once again in Acts chapter four that how these believers, this first church functioned and operated. It says beginning in verse 32 that all the believers were united in heart and mind. First of all, that word united is a big deal. I've already mentioned it today with the United States of America, right? There's something about unity in the body. There's something about us being united with common purpose and vision and direction. And if you're wanting to know how we feel about unity, I would encourage you to stop by the garage and read this thing called the pledge of connection that we have on our wall there. But these early believers, check this out. They were all united in heart and mind. And check this out. They felt that what they owned was not their own. What? They felt that what they owned was not their own. And so they shared everything they had. They shared 10% of what they had. Even the modern translations don't say that. It says they shared Everything, everything they had. The apostles testified power, powerfully to, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and then they would, uh oh, bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Clear biblical reference that you bring it to the house of the Lord. And what you don't find is a lot of the questioning and about how's the money being spent. These people just saw that needs were being met and they entrusted to the leaders, the apostles, everything that they sold. I I, I got a great story. I I met a a lady, I've known her for a long time. And in about three or four weeks ago, she came up to me and said, Hey, I'm about to get my real estate license. And I want you to know that the first home that I sell, I'm going to give 30% of it back to the Lord for this for blessing. And I saw her last Sunday. She was cheerfully hilarious. She was hilarious about this pastor. You need to know I sold my first home and the Lord's getting the first of it, 30%. I said, no, come on, just need 10, just 10. No, nope. triple that. I love that. It's people bringing it. They would sell things, is that what it said? They felt like what they owned was not their own. They would give it, and they would bring it to the house and lay it at the feet of the apostles. Why would they do that? Here's the deal. Sometimes we in leadership know about needs that you don't. We see things, we hear stories. Listen, our weeks are filled. Some of y'all think this is all I do. <laughs> I wish this would be a cakewalk. But we're on the phone with counseling situations. You don't know the mental health issues with people that we're helping get the treatment and care. You don't know the marriages that we're sending people to go get the care and support. You just, and that's okay, it's nothing against you, but we're just in the weeds with it, right? And so when you give, you are giving us the freedom to step into kingdom work to meet needs. You're partnering with the kingdom of God and you're allowing us to, I just heard, uh, you don't know this, but, but, but one, a member from our finance team came and said, Hey, listen, you know, we don't pass offering plates at 1910. If you're a guest, we don't pass the flying saucers. We, we have started passing a bucket. I wanted chicken buckets because you know, a chicken bucket, doesn't it just make you feel good? inside. But we started passing buckets a few weeks ago. And every once in a while, we'll just pass a bucket. And the encouragement is this. I want you to take whatever money you have out of your pocket. I want you to put it in the bucket as the spirit guides you and directs you. And we start passing these buckets. And the second part of that is as the bucket comes by you, if you're in need, I want you to take out of that bucket, whatever you need. No questions asked, no judgment, because that's what the church should be about, right? We should be helping meet the needs of people all around us. That's just one way you guys do that. You need to know that. I don't know how many people we've helped through what we call our benevolence ministry. Listen, life is hard sometimes. Anybody ever been thrown a curveball, a setback that you weren't expecting? you know, loss of a job, a health issue. We, we have a gentleman in, in, in this bucket ministry that our, one of our finance teams said, hey, Pastor, listen, you need to know that, that we have a, an individual in our church that has a weekly medical appointment that they have to get to in San Antonio. And they have no transportation, no one else. And so we've been paying for that individual to get to the doctor to get the medical treatment. Are you okay with that? I said, are you freaking kidding me? Am I okay with that? Sign me up, I'll drive them, you know? But that's what we do. That's how we help people. No one expects a loss of a job. I mean, if you're doing things that you should lose your job over, that's on you. We can talk more about that later. But, um, but, but, but no one expects a health setback. And so what do you do when people are in need? Well, I can tell you, through your giving a 1910, we step into those situations. We help with utilities. We help with some things that are setbacks. We help with people. I just need food for the week need food for the week. We've got an individual right now, a lady in our church that needs a roof put on a, 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 some sort of a structure at her home. And if you're a dude here that likes to swing a hammer or shoot a nail gun or just play with power tools, hey, see Randy Graybill, man, you, we'd love to get you connected with that. Why do we do that? Because that's what Jesus would do. Yeah, Jesus would swing a hammer. Jesus would drive someone to the hospital. Actually, he would just you're healed. He would do that because he's Jesus. We're not, but he's Jesus, right? He can do that. But Jesus would step in and meet the needs of people. You're doing that through your, hey guys, listen, you know, another way that you're partnering with the kingdom of God, listen, through your giving our missions budget. Listen, you need to know, check this out. For years now, we've given in our budget for the year, we've given at least a tithe of our budget goes towards missions, missionaries overseas or individuals overseas, local groups and organizations. Our philosophy of missions is this, wherever we see the spirit of God at work, that's where we wanna be. And so we partner with things like Hill Country Family Services, Hill Country Daily Bread, the Pregnancy Care Center. Hey, check this out. You guys have thrown Christmas parties for law enforcement members and their families. You've thrown Christmas parties for bus drivers because no one ever thinks about them until they're late when it's raining outside. Okay, we've thrown parties to show honor. We've partnered with local schools here. We put a fish tank in, in an elementary school a couple of years ago because the principal said there's something calming in a kid's life with an aquarium. And so we bought an aquarium, you guys did, to kind of put kids at ease when they go to the principal's office. I could have used an aquarium when I was in elementary school. Come on, somebody. And they swing that rod of truth against my backside back. and they, That's what's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't get political. Stop it. No, don't. No, stop that. You hadn't said a word all day. And you Okay. Strike that from the, from the video. I'm going to get in trouble. But that aquarium was just, it calms kids and puts them at ease. It's therapy. Guys, listen. It's through, it's, we're the spirits. Of, we, you're building churches right now in the largest Muslim country in the world through the giving of this house. You sponsored 43 kids two weeks ago. And, and what's the ROI on that? I don't know. I don't know, but here's what I do know. One day you're gonna get to heaven and there could be a great chance somebody comes up to you. says, hey, sir, thank you. And you're like, I don't recognize you. Who are you? Well, you, we've never met face-to-face, but you know what? You sponsored my dad when he was nine years old. That's my Grandpa. And he became a man of God and he taught his kids, my mom and dad, and they passed it on to me. And, and I'm here in heaven today because you're 45 bucks a month. Are you kidding me? ROI? How do you put a price tag on that return on investment? But I'm praying that you when we give through the house, we do things like that. Guys, you'll never know. I think about our prayer ministry. Where's Grace? I saw Grace a second ago. I think of our prayer ministry, Grace, and how, how we're stepping into the real hurts and pains of people. You guys are training up warriors. You're, you're going to conferences. You're learning. You're studying. You're reading. You're praying. You're hearing from God. And we step into the messiness and the brokenness of people's lives. That happens. You're partnering with the kingdom. And, and, and lastly, when you give through this house, I'm telling you, it transforms the money that you do give into seed. It transforms my money into seed. There are ministries happening right now, like kids' ministry, preschool, and our kids' ministry, in which boys and girls are being taught the love of Jesus. Well, kids have mirrors being held in front of their babies and say, hey, you're special. Look how beautiful. You're wonderfully made. Jesus loves you. This, they're hearing that even right now. Why? We're planting seeds. I'm thankful for those seeds that were planted in my life through things like kids camp, vacation Bible school. I'm thankful for workers, but they planted those seeds. And at the age of nine, third grade, I said yes to Jesus. That's why we, we, we have things. I'm going to put my hat back on because you just got to. It looks good. I feel like a trucker right now. Let's go to Love's for lunch. <laughs> you can take a shower and eat fried chicken. at loves and comfort. You ought to try it sometime. It's awesome. Just tell them I'm a truck driver. I need a shower and they'll give you a shower stall. It's amazing. Anyway, but <laughs> I'm so sorry. Our guests are like, we're never coming back to this trip. I mean, That's why we do youth ministry called The Hill, because we believe that teenagers are worth it. Now listen, I know that none of you guys were ever jacked up and screwed up and made poor decisions when you were in middle school and high school, right? It's a wonder that some of us are not in jail right now, is it not? Seriously. But we have a group of adults and our pastor Mark that faithfully serve and minister to teenagers. They want them to know what their identity is and it's not wrapped up in all these false things that culture throws at them. And they're world changers. They're challenging them right now to step out and be a part. Worship team, come on back up. Um, They're challenging them right now. That's why we do discipleship groups around here. You're planting seeds as we do marriage studies and as we study the book of Galatians. And guys, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, listen, all these things are seeds. We will never know how it's going to Grow. You just don't know sometimes. So yeah, we're going to plant seeds. That's why we have worship nights like we did Thursday. That's why we have things like a radiant women's ministry and a man, you men's ministry. And, and oh, by the way, Hey, Hey men, check this out. We're going to, we're going to cook 400 turkeys with some other dudes around Bernie on the Wednesday morning before Thanksgiving at the fairgrounds, 7am you come. And bring a fryer and we're going to fry turkeys and we're going to bless about 400 families with a Thanksgiving meal. Why? man? I just, again, you, you're not going to find explicit commands that you need to cook turkeys for families. On th- it's not, but you're going to find the heart of a savior who meets needs. And it is an honor and a privilege for me to serve a group of people that get that. Guys, the vision of this house is huge. It's big. And we can only run as hard and fast with that vision as much as you fuel it, as much as you invest in this place, so that we can continue to tell the story. I want you to see this today. This is the last slide I have for you. You matter to this church, you matter you're a big deal in God's economy. In the scheme of kingdom work, check this out, there's not probably any of us in this room that will ever be Billy Graham and have the platform and go to the countries, but I'm just gonna tell you something, through your faithful, cheerful, generous giving, make no mistake about it, you are making as great an impact. Don't ever forget that. You matter to this church. You matter to the kingdom work of God. You matter to lost people. You matter to hurting, broken, sick people. You matter to people dealing with mental health. You matter to people who are going through marriage issues. You matter to the drug addict and the alcohol addict and the porn addict. You matter You matter to a nine-month-old, a 19-year-old, and a, you fill in the blank, year old. You matter. And through your faithful giving, through the house of God, you are making a kingdom. You matter to people watching on the live stream right now. Those of you that are watching us right now, It's because through the generosity of people through this house that have paid for not only the cameras that are making me look hopefully skinny right now, but you can hear it as you're sitting on the beach or as you're sick in your bed today because people were faithful and gave to you through this house, through this ministry. You're able to hear the word of God. Those of you that are watching us today in Indonesia and those of you that we have a footprint in Africa with, those of you that have dialed in, check this out, even in Russian countries. It's because of the faithfulness of people in this house. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that the gospel is getting literally to the ends of the earth? Guys, what you give through this house matters. Where's my team? We ready? Ray, we've got to sing this song. We've got to sing this song. Listen, um, Pastor Allen messed me up Thursday night with this song, and I want us to sing it because there's revival that needs to break out in our our land, and I just believe that God wants it to start through us and with us. I want us to be a people that are ready, that we make ourselves available for all that God has for us. Amen? I want to invite you to stand and God as we sing this song I pray that it would be more than just words on a screen but it would be the desire and cry of our hearts we are available for you